Well, welcome back. Welcome anew to the Further Faster podcast. I'm Joseph McClendon III, and I will be your host and your guide on this next little bit of your journey to do exactly what the name implies, and that is to assist you in going further, faster, and becoming even more wealthy. And remember, around here, wealthy means to be healthy, happy, and financially abundant. And you know, creativity is one of the most undervalued and overlooked aspects of wealthiness. And studies have shown that viewing and experiencing art and the arts stimulates our own creativity. And nobody knows that better than my guest today. As a matter of fact, his name is Create, and he has a unique perspective on how art helps us go further faster in our lives. So you know how we roll up in here, grab a pad and paper, and get ready. I'll be right back with Create. Well, welcome back to the, I'm going to call this the Creative Further Faster podcast now, because our next guest, as a matter of fact, his name is Create, and that's spelled K-R-E, and the number eight, has a unique perspective on how art stimulates, stimulates us to go further faster. He was born in Germany, migrated here to the United States. He was a military child. As a matter of fact, I call us military brats, if you will. Matter of fact, a lot of people call us that. And his unique brand of art is not only visually stimulating, there's some purpose behind it as well. So I want to introduce you to this amazing man, Create. Welcome to the Further Faster podcast, and thank you for being our guest. Oh, thank you for having me. Fantastic. Well, listen, let's jump right into it, because I, I, I want to, you know, I, 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 I've seen your artwork, and I'm an artist myself, just so you know. And when I saw what you did, I thought, holy crap, this man is amazing. And you. you will have in the description, everybody, you can go. We're going to put a, a link to his um, video that you can go watch and stuff, and you'll understand why myself and so many people are, are so excited about what you do. So share with us a little bit about yourself, how you got started, and what brings you to this point right now. Okay, so I became, um, you know, it's it just, I, I dealt with adversity for a very long time. So I kind of didn't really know how to channel my energy. So I really kind of went from the gang culture because I just did not have any guidance. And from the gang culture, I went to, um, I got kicked out of all the high schools. So I had to go to an alternative school, which, which was kind of a blessing in disguise because it was a graffiti-based school. So after I got introduced to that graffiti-based school, you know, one day I was actually getting jumped by some rival gang members and a graffiti artist helped me. And he says, hey, um, this might be a, a, a trajectory change. You know, um, he ended up helping me. And he says, instead of doing the gang stuff, why don't you do graffiti? We, we fight a lot less and we actually stand for something versus just a color. Wow. I said, you know what? We'll give this a sh we'll give this a shot. <clears throat> so around 15, 16 years old, I really took onto the graffiti because, you know, when we think about it, when you think about graffiti as being vandalism and, you know, and destruction, mm -hmm. and, you know, we really think about bad stuff. And, and in hindsight, it really is. But what this guy taught me was that our name is everything. Mm. Like it follows you around, you know, how do people associate that name with you? So create actually came from a graffiti crew that we, we established in 1996. And all of those guys are actually got regular jobs now. So I was like, you know what? I think that I am the, the, 
the emphasis of, of what creativity mm-hmm. is. So I was like, you know, I'm going to take upon that name. Um, and I, and I really, really embodied what that meant because that's what he said. He says, you know, you are who you are, whether whatever craft, you know, um, a graffiti artist is just like a doctor, uh, not in the same context, but when you leave, you know, you are a graffiti artist. When a doctor leaves, he's always a doctor. When a cop leaves his job, he's still a uh, a cop and a teacher, you know, they're they're always going to be teachers. So I kind of always lived with, well, I guess this is what I'm going to be as an artist. So, you know, fast forward, you know, five, 10 years, um, I got stumbled upon um, tattooing. So that's Mm -hmm. actually where I cut my teeth into the education of artwork because the graffiti just taught me letter structure and representation. You know, it gave me um, a little bit of a sense of integrity that, that my name, you know, like I said before, that my name means everything. And then tattooing taught me the aesthetics of art, like, you know, what works, what doesn't work. And tattooing really, really honed in like my salesman pitch, you know, because, mm-hmm. uh, 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 you know, you, you could be a crappy tattooer and do amazing because of like, not necessarily your sales pitch, just who you are in general. Yeah, so I really honed in on that. Get it out there. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. Correct. So I really nurtured that. And then, you know, I, I, I gave that culture because I always say culture, you know, I don't want to mm-hmm. say industry. And, and the same thing as far as like with with um, with graffiti and even in the gang, the gang was a gang culture. The graffiti was a graffiti culture. The tattoo is a tattoo culture. Now I'm part of the fine art culture. I've been immersed in culture I, I, my, my 90% of my life. So I kind of really infused that. So, like, you know, like I said, you know, speed up the time a little bit. And um, after leaving New York, because just we, we all know that New York is just a love or hate. And I love it. And it is it is <laughs> where my home is. You know, yeah. I, I love everything about it. But I kind of had to get away from it because I was just in the uh, just a troubled circle. So we, we, might, we uh, moved to right. Miami. And it was probably the hardest transition I've ever had to do, but it was the most fruitful. So in the beginning, you know, I went from owning my own tattoo shop in New York to working for somebody else, which I didn't really have a problem working for somebody, but there was a lot of conflict there. So, um, you know, leaving the caliber of tattooing that I, that I left was upper echelon. So it was rapport driven, you know, so I had to come back to that. I couldn't come to a regular street shop in Miami because I would just out tattoo everybody. So I go to those, ta- I went to the, the one tattoo shop that I worked at and it's a referral based tattoo shop. They get very little walk-in. So I'm like, this is the only place that I'm suited, but yet there's no work for me. So right, right. I went back right back to the New York hustle and said, you know what? Well, I know I'm not lazy. Um, I'm going to do what I got to do. I've got a family. I got kids. I got a mortgage. Um, I'm going to just paint. And for some reason, the, the shop that I went um, and worked for was called Dharma. If you guys aren't familiar with Dharma, it is the opposite of karma. Mm-hmm. Dharma is what you put out. So they were real Buddhist driven. And, and like, I come in with my, you know, my rough, tough, you know, New York exterior, like, yo, F everybody, <laughs> I'll kick some ass and let's do, you know, let's do this. And they're like, whoa, whoa, you know, bring it down. You know, they, we we're all about peace and harmony. And I was like, okay, you know, I'll see if this stuff works. And, you know, lo and behold, you know, it actually, once I started doing some research in Buddhism, it cleansed me of all the shackles of restraint that I've had. I didn't realize that I attached myself to so many sure, sure. Um, frivolous things that I was just giving so much power that really had no power over me, but I gave them so much power. And, you know, and I just started painting more and, and it just started to work. You know, I started painting Buddhas and people were asking people that were coming in the tattoo shop that were getting tattooed by somebody else as they were getting tattooed. I was painting. They said, man, is that for sale? I would love to buy that. 
And then just, you know, long story short, this kind of just happened. I went from, you know, six years ago, I was professionally tattooing. Now I'm on the center stage and represented by the largest art gallery in the world. And I'm one of their top sellers. Well, that, first off, that is spectacular. And I want to back up for a second, because as I look at your work and being an artist myself, and you said you used the term fine artist, and he really is, because I look at your work and you said you came from, you know, doing letters and, and graffiti and that type of thing, which does lend itself to shading and and depth and things like that. And as I Correct. look at your work, that is re it all. It looks as though you've had a formal education. You said you went from from graffiti right into tattoo. Was it the tattooing that gave you that education and that experience to, to have that, uh, that 3d effect? Correct. Correct. Because, because that's what it was. It was, it was, it wasn't even, because even if you were formally educated in the art world, well, tattoo is a whole different medium. Yes. You know, so you, I had to learn that. And, and what I did is I, I knew, I noticed certain nuances like, okay, the things that I do tattooing, I can't do painting. The things I do painting, I can't do tattooing, mm -hmm. but I can kind of mesh them together. And I, and I kind of did that. And then, you know, it just worked. So when I, when I started to, when it started to work after I painted the Buddhas, you know, I'm just like, just sitting in myself and like wondering, like, how can I make it big? So one day I just Googled how to become rich and famous as an artist. <laughs> nice. And, and our abstract popped up. So I was like, okay, awesome. I'm an abstract painter today. So I, I just started <laughs> just really, like that, bam. just like, yeah, just like that. So I picked up, I picked up, it's a bunch of attributes of it. And I didn't really want to do any um, studying or like, this is how abstract artists do it. So I just, you know, I'm going to wing it. I'm just going to kind of right. pick up the stuff and just start messing around. And, and, and I started just like, to get inspired. And then, you know, the late um, Jonas Gerard, um, I kind of stumbled upon one of his videos and he started talking to me uh, or not me, but he started speaking about abstract because, because in one point of what I was doing, my endeavor, it felt a little frivolous. Like, okay, I'm, I'm moving colors around on the canvas and, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm have a good, good color theory, but what does it mean? And then just some odd reason, I just end up stumbling up on one of his YouTube videos, convalescent. Mm -hmm. And he really broke down what abstract was. And, and maybe it was his philosophy of it, but I loved it. And I really took to it. And he says, you know, abstract is probably the, the purest forms of art because there is no dialogue or there is no f formula of, you know, how to paint a figurative. That, that's a formula, how to paint a portrait. That's a formula. You know, abstract is literally the essence of what you provide. You provide, you, know? you bring that own meaning, your own meaning to it. Not Correct. The artist, the artist may bring some meaning to it by giving it a title, but and sorry to jump in on you right here, but as, as I look at uh, your work and I look at abstract art, it is that strikes a person a certain way and everybody Correct. may have a different interpretation of it and going back to the top what i said it stimulates creativity it makes you go well that means this and yeah. inside and i always say that you know the more stimulation that you have the more activity that you're going to have because stimulation causes us to move Correct. Oh man, you hit the nail on the head. So, so I was like, you know what? I got to add some narrative to what you just said. Mm. So like, it is that exact thing of, you know, we all know that art is subjective, that people look at it in a different light yeah. and yeah. you know, what one, what one person sees is not what another person sees. So I said, okay, well, how can I make this mean something? And actually, instead of meaning something, actually take it to where I can live this journey my entire life. So I started painting in black and white because what I started noticing once I became sober, with, uh, you know, I was on drugs, like really bad New York. That was one of the reasons why I left. Mm -hmm. Once I got sober, I started noticing a lot of things. So I was like, you know, I didn't realize that this world is so black and white. I mean, I always, we always knew it, 
But now that because of the pandemic, it just amplified it. Mm-hmm. So I paint in black and white because the world is very black and white. You know, it's 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 okay for these politicians and all these higher figures to just blatantly break the law with no consequence whatsoever. So I was like, okay, so that's going to be part of my narrative. Mm. And I was like, you know what? And I'm going to figure, and I'm, what I'm going to do is I started a whole faceless movement because if you guys can see, I'm heavily tattooed, my neck, my hands, my knuckles, my face is tattooed. So I, I've had this distinguished look and I did and I hated that in the beginning when I was 24, I was like, yeah, I'm a badass. I, that was the look. Mm-hmm. Well, now I'm 42 years old. That's not really the look I'm going for. You know, I'm, I'm a hell of a lot more refined. So I don't want people to perceive me as, as being this outlaw and this, 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 you know, tough guy. I'm just not that. So what I did is I took the face out of everything because I've always been judged from day one. Right. So it's like, if I take out the face out of the artwork, then you see it for the true essence of what it is. And that's the creativity. Can I, can I ask you a question? And this is just a, a, a personal question that I, I've, I've always been curious about because I think I've noticed this happening. Do you, do you see that uh, tattoos have become more mainstream through time because so many, you know, the culture has, has accepted it more. You know, you were saying this because I, I work with a lot of people who regret the tattoos that they have. And they the go, huge, uh, you know, yeah, I think oh, has oh, accepted right. it more. I think there are certain people that are just indoctrined into, if you have this, then you are this. Now we, I well, think that's what the narration that we should change. That's why me, myself specifically, I was like, well, why do I have tattoos? So I'm actually ha- being the voice for the voiceless, for the people that are saying, you. you know, for I that biased you. opinion saying, oh, you know, was I actually meant to be clean cut or was I actually meant to tattoo? They're like the platform that you're going to present yourself on, maybe you should be tattooed because is it easier to listen to someone that looks like you or is it easier to listen to someone like this? Because I'm, it's not, I guess, what, what I want to say is it's not that I want to help. I do want to help everybody, but I yeah. really want to help the underdog, the people that feel that they are very inadequate because of either their situation or circumstances, you know, their, you know, their visual appearance. I want to be that guy. Now, if the person that says, you know, I wear a suit every day. Okay. Then I think we can enlighten each other, but there are people that haven't got to that point And I would like to bring them up to speed, you know, and that's yeah, kind of what the whole thing of what I wanted to do. If, if I could add to it, which is it was my interpretation of what you do, or one of my interpretations of what you do, is helping people recognize that, it, like, like you're saying, it's not the face or, or what we're seeing and, and start to reevaluate our judgment of people and so on and so forth. Because my, it, it, I, I would guess that somebody that maybe previously felt like, well, everybody that wears tattoos is, a, you know, is uh, a, a degenerate or a criminal or whatever Correct. gang or whatever, or just unwise. Um, and, and like yourself, maybe in the past, that was who you were. And people change. And 100%. I would also add that even those people that you might see in a, that are clean cut, no tattoos, suit and tie and everything, they're also mm-hmm. the underdog as well. You know, in their own brain, in their own mind, they're the underdog. And around here, what I always try to do is stimulate. And that, you know, part of the reason I was excited about you being on the show is to help people. Now, creativity gives us, in my opinion, the ability to have a different perspective on things. And I want to go back to one of my favorite paintings that that I saw. And, And again, everybody, there will be a link in bio and you can go take a look at the same video that I'm talking about right now. There is a painting that you did and it's uh uh, as you said, you start with black and white or gray. This one is gray. Uh, a, a person in a suit and tie, gray with a television for a head and color oh, yeah. just pouring out of yeah. it. That's my favorite one. 
and, and as I look at that, I go, wow, that could mean this. And that's just my interpretation. Of course. And in, in me, I'm being creative in interpreting it. Explain, tell a little bit about that, because you were talking about you painted in black and white first, and then you went to color. Share with us a little bit about that. Yeah. So the actually abstract. So how I realize it because of the over the years, people have said, you know, your colors have stopped me in my tracks. Mm -hmm. it, it is some kind of energy. So I realized that, you know what, it's not people. It's not that people are seeing abstract. What they are seeing is themselves. That is energy. I didn't realize that I was really, really immersing myself. Like I wear it every day I and mean, you could see it. Look, yeah. Chase your dreams. I wear yeah. it every single that. day you go, to right remind there. myself, to remind myself to say, you know what? It's possible because remember, right? I think the, the biggest denial right now is the possibility of change mm. because we're in such a, in, you know, the, the, our times are so, you know, rigid, you know, so to, to give somebody hope. And I've had doctors say, I've had Picasso's, I've had Rembrandt's in my waiting room. And for some reason, you, I have one of your little abstracts of 12 by 12, just colors, no figurative, no, 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 nothing, just colors. And people with cancer, people with head tumors, people with Down syndrome have said, you know what, something about this piece gives me peace. Mm. And it's like, wow, like, it's, it's crazy how cre creativity, why and I think just art in general, is healing. Yeah. Why, why would you say that is? I, I mean, I have my theory on it, but I'd love to hear your theory uh, on why that, why that might become uh, healing. Honestly, I think it just triggers people. I think mm -hmm. that like, they, what they see is it's not – it's what they want to see, and, and it's it themselves. So, like, a lot of the stuff – like, it's – what I say is I don't – unless it's a blatant self-portrait of myself, all of my – figuratives all the, the characters the, the the guy in the suit with the head tv head they're self-portraits of all of us mm -hmm. that's why it's very easy to relate because it's because the reason that there's no face is because it's you you know people see themselves in that painting mm -hmm. you know and then like the, the piece that you're you're you know you're elaborating on i called it brainwash and oh, if you yes. see it um it's off air and it just shows that that for it for some people take you know it's a 50 50 um trade you know some people get educational stuff from tv some people get entertainment from tv you know it, we we don't know what we get from something until the retrospect of it comes out and it's like wow i didn't realize that i learned that from that so i well, say that it, you know that that energy that's coming out of the tv is powerful i i agree and if i could jump in here if that retrospect comes if it does, because that, yeah, I, that's you're right. the you're difference right. you're between right. television and art. See, art, and, and just my personal opinion, art allows you to step outside of your, your grind, step outside of, of your, the train that's going on inside of your head and stop and get outside and project onto, is, uh, like you were just saying, that's me on there. What does that mean to me? Yeah. In the case of television and, and media and so on and so forth, and the constant scrolling and so on and so forth, it never stops. And yeah. we never stop. And we're Correct. being fed what that means. And there's a narrative underneath that to go that you have to have this opinion of what this is. Otherwise, there's something wrong with you. And, you know, and again, that's just my personal opinion. But part of the reason I was excited and still am excited about having you here is a whole different perspective from art. And one of the great things, and again, I keep saying this because I want everybody that's that's listening to this podcast or watch, watching this podcast to go and watch the video that he supplies there and also, you know, make yourself familiar with him. And we'll, we'll talk about how to get that, get in touch with you a little bit later. But because as you're saying this at the top of the show, I said that that the stimulation of the creativity 
through observation and taking that moment to stop causes us to become more creative, even if it's just in that moment. And the yeah. more that we do it, the more that we will do it. And so my question before we take a break here is, if there is a, a, say for instance, somebody has a piece of your art in their home and they walk by it every day. And let's say they've had that for maybe a couple of years and they walk by that every day. What do you, do you, do you think that it still stimulates them or does it sort of fade into oh, yeah. their, their background? No, I think that every, I mean, I get the messages, the DMs, the texts all the time. They're like, you know what? I put this right in front of my room, right? As soon as I walk out to remind myself nice. that of the possibilities. And that's cool that it, it happens. I mean, I think one of the best attributes that I have um, formulated is I've inspired people. I think that's nice. so awesome sure, sure. to be able to show people the way. Well, I guess that'd be kind of like, a t you know, just the lights just came on for me. I got creative when you have a tattoo because <laughs> I hear people say that all the time. Well, I put this on my arm or on my face or on my chest or on my back to remind me of ABC. So I guess the, the, that would be kind of the same thing. Wow. Wow. And, and again, kind of go back for everybody. Part of the reason that I have create here on the show is to help you start to look in a different place, maybe in a, a different way to stimulate yourself. We're going to take a short break here for a moment. We're going to be right back because I have a few more questions for this amazing man. So grab yourself a bottle of water or something, and we'll be right back with Create. You're enjoying this episode on Angel Phoenix Productions Podcast Network. To explore our complete lineup of quality programs and media production services, head on over to angelphoenix.com or like our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash angel phoenix productions. Welcome back to the Further Faster Podcast. My guest today is Create, K-R-E-8, an amazing artist with an amazing, amazing insight on how art stimulates our creativity. And while we were on the break, we were having a conversation. I said, hey, 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 hold it, stop. <laughs> stop, because everybody needs to hear this. And one of the things that we were talking about is uh, you said that you were uh, – um, amazed and maybe not amazed after this conversation that you had seen me on a stage uh, in, I think it was Miami a few years ago. And then here we are today. And you talked about perseverance and everything. Share with us a little bit about what you were talking about, about how this stuff works with regard to creating that lifestyle and that life that we want. Well, I mean, you know, Tony Robbins and you, you guys really said it the best, you know, unleash the power from within mm -hmm. once you can really, really do that and, and really do that. Don't don't have it conditional. Do it. Do the things that are uncomfortable, because that's what's going to take you to the places that you need to go. If you're not doing that, it's it's going to be hard to have that longevity. If you're not crossing all the T's and dotting all the I's, it's like, no, I don't want to do that one today. Well, then that's mm -hmm. going to be the reason why it's not working. You know, and I learned that. And I said, you know, from that, I said, you know, well, what a testimony that is to, you know, cause when, when, oh, you know, my assistant says, you know, Joseph, why don't you want to show? I'm like, Joseph, that name sounds really familiar. I was like, oh man, I saw him at UPW. And it's like, wow. Like, and then the whole Venus thing, like to meet Venus. So, so she 
did her due diligence. She saw my work on the cruise ships, found me, and then look at all this. Like, wow, the power of proximity is so real. It really is. And and the, the, the power of, in, in my personal opinion, the power of um, rapport, you said it earlier, meaning mm. that like-minded people, people like people like themselves. And the reason Vinu, which by the way, Vinu is uh, one of my dear friends. And a matter of fact, she is one of the head trainers for our Neuroencoding Institute. And wow. when she told me about you, yeah, when she told me about you, and I've known her for a decade or more, uh, just a brilliant, brilliant lady, uh, as you know, and her level of creativity. And, you know, just real quickly, the story that she told me about it, she said, she, as, as uh, Create said, you know, I was on a cruise, we saw this man's art and purchased some of his art. And then I thought, I got to find out what's behind this and seek him out. And kind of to the point that, you know, we started here in a while ago is that, that when we want something, and I love what you said about doing the hard work. And sometimes the hard work isn't as hard as most people think. Life is much simpler than we've been led to believe. But sometimes Correct. the hard work is getting inspired about something and doing something about it. In your case, doing something about it and becoming an artist and developing into something. And that attracts people around. You attracted Venu. You attracted myself. And we and yeah. us, you as well, because I always in this podcast, our outcome is always to bring something unique and special to people and give people something that is outside of the norm that is going to help them go, oh, well, wait a minute. This is possible. This is possible. Even if it's just by looking at somebody and seeing what they did and going, they did it and I can do it as well. Of course, because I think we can all engineer the approach or reverse engineer the mm -hmm. approach. It's like, oh, wow. So well, what was your approach? Oh, if that doesn't work, you know, most people do one approach and then they just stop. Oh, it didn't work. Well, you didn't try it. Not twice. So you just, and I think and I, that's kind of what we teach in the creatology is a different approach. If that approach doesn't work, try something else. Most people aren't willing to try. Tell us a little bit more about that, uh, about your your creology. Yeah. So I have creatology. It is, you know, what I'm seeing, I had it all last year. We, 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 um, it was established in January of 2022. Um, I just really wanted to help develop artists, but now realizing it just develop people because it really was a creatology to build artists, but the context and the content really has nothing to do with art. It's just art is my tool. So I use that as the mm. vessel. But it actually pertains to everything, you know, because it's, you know, you know, att attributes don't really have a designated spot. You know, you don't have there's not an art attribute. There's not a it's just attributes. And, I, and what I wanted to teach people is to show them that before you, you, you say you want it. But, but as you're saying that you have to make sure that this hand is full of stuff, too. You can't right. just oh, nice. wish in it and say, oh, well, I, I want this, but I haven't tried to work on this part of myself. Mm -hmm. But yes, I want I want I would love to be create. OK, yeah, but. What do you mean when you say I would love to be creative? Like, do you want to see like how hard I work? Do you want that part of me, or do you want like what people see? You know, wh what are the attributes that you want? Because what I want you to take is change. Mm -hmm. Be comfortable being uncomfortable. We want that. I want you to always be the same. Uh, never be the same person. And I think that Tony Robbins really. Tony Robbins did something for me that that really was very spiritual. I didn't realize where my trauma came from. Mm -hmm. And he helped me confront that trauma. And now I know I, why I am the way that I am. And that was very healing for me. Right. So now, so first step, yeah. man, and, but, but, you know, and most people, they say that the people that are miserable and they're mad is because they are stuck in that time yeah. frame of when they were hurt the worst. Right. They keep, they keep reviewing that over and over again. I yeah. want to ask you something in these last few minutes that we have here. Um, you know, I'm old enough to remember when they started to remove, uh, 
the arts from school. And yeah. they started to, you know, whether it was music classes and uh, even the arts, because I grew up at a time. And as a matter of fact, when I, I graduated high school, I actually got a scholarship to Cal Arts when it first started back in the old. Nice. Yeah. And um, and I noticed and the, it, part of the creativity came across because I want to segue from that. What they started to remove from the schools were art classes and music. And as the music and it's a direct correlation. What started to happen to music during those times that I'm talking in the early 80s, it start, It happened in the 70s, but then in the early 80s, what started to show up was less and less actual musicians that knew music and created songs. And that's when sampling and, and that kind of thing came along. And so I want to segue from that because I know music is also a very important part of your art as well. Share with us a little bit about that. Oh, music is everything. I mean, I, if you have a heartbeat, you're part of music. Yeah, I mean, our own our own rhythm is that. So it's like if you don't have, you know, some sort of inkling of what music is, you know, and people think they're like, oh, because I get people to ask me that all the time. Like, what do you listen to when you paint? And I'm like, well, you know, when I'm truly, truly immersed into my craft is I try to listen to classical stuff, you mm -hmm. know, like. I like Elijah Bossenbrook. Um, oh, I love Ludovico nice, yeah. and Nami. Like, I love that stuff because, because it's not about the words. You know, I really want to mm -hmm. get the pitches and the tones to get my synaptics firing. I really want my brain to really just have that food. And I feel like pitches and tones are really like brain food. So the more I do that, I seem to get more and more creative because I'm not worrying about singing the song where, right, when they're singing. Right. I'm actually being diligent and, and focusing on what I should focus on. And so it's just music, I think, is very, very important, especially for any creative person. Yeah. And uh, not to put or to put a finer point on it, you can there are so many university studies about classical music and what it does to the brain. Oh, and 100%. a person might. And I love what you just said right there. It's not the words that are saying, you know, here, you know, look at my ass. Look at the, You know, let me shake this. Let me do that. And, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or whatever you get to be. Here it comes. Creative. And it stimulates that part of your brain, whether it's yeah. Baroque music, whether it is, you know, traditional classical music or whatever. And we get out of our own way and we get out of our own way of, of going, well, I, I'm not familiar with this music or this is old music. And you just let it play for a while. It will stimulate those juices. It is it the will. only music, by the way. And I'm a musician and I love all types of music. I'm very eclectic. And when it comes time to being creative, whether I'm writing or whether I'm, you know, painting or sculpting or doing something like that, create, I have to have classical music because the other stuff clouds my brain. Of course. The other stuff of kind course. of puts me off. Yep. Yeah, because you're, you're more focused on the actual music of it versus the craft of what you're doing. Where I'm not listening to music to listen to music. That's just the outside noise. That's why I think the pitches and tones, it's just there enough for me to pay attention and to not pay attention. And it's stimulating that part of you. It's making it's making those creative juices flow inside of yeah. you. Yeah. Well, because technically the abstract that everybody sees, this is music. So like oh, when you nice. see the orchestra, so when you see the guy doing the dun 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 blum, I feel like when I hear that, if I hear Beethoven, dun dun dun, dun blum, I met my palette knife does that motion. Oh, wow. And by the way, again, I've said this before, watch him do this. There there is uh uh, one painting that you're doing and you're talking about the texture because I know, uh, you know, the, the gray part was uh, one dimensional 
then mm-hmm. the next part was two-dimensional and, and, and the way that you do it, uh, there's an example of that there as well. We'll create, listen, we could go on and on and I would love to, and we're out of time. <laughs> so tell everybody, and, and again, whatever he says will be in the description so I can find you because what I encourage everybody, uh, again, is to don't just, you know, take this and say, that was great. I want you to explore, find this man, look him up, watch this video that I'm that I want to put in there and you'll you'll get it. You'll start to see and indulge yourself in the artwork. How can people find you? How should they find you? Um, yeah, my website, it's uh, www.createartifacts.com. And spell it, please. Um, it is K-R-E-8-A-R-T-A-F-A-X. The graffiti side of me. So artifacts <laughs> is spelled the graffiti side. Yeah. So, but, I, but I actually spelled it backwards. Facts about art. What? So so that's really what artifacts means. It's facts about art. Nice, nice, so. nice. Well, fantastic. Listen, I want to thank you so much, and I'd love to have you back here as well. And everybody, as I said, make sure you indulge yourself, because this is not just about listening to some guys, you know, talk. This is about giving you something that you can do that is going to start to create results in you so that you go further faster. And sometimes the the it's un, it, it seems unlikely that something that's as abstract or uh, out of, off the uh, beaten path would do something to you. But this is one of them that absolutely does. And is the reason why I have this amazing man on here. So what I encourage everybody to, uh, you know, seek it out uh, and put on some classical music and indulge yourself in becoming more creative. Create, thank you so much for being on the Further Faster Show. And I look forward to talking to you soon. And everybody else, remember this, that life is always exactly what you dare to make it. And fortune, whatever you deem fortune to be, Fortune favors the bold. So the trick to life is to boldly step up and dare to make your life magnificent. And I will see you at the top. This podcast was a production of Angel Phoenix Productions. Explore more episodes of this show or other great shows on the Angel Phoenix Podcast Network by visiting angelphoenix.com. The views expressed in this show do not necessarily represent those of Angel Phoenix Productions or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners.